Thank you so much, Rabbi Merov. Uh, I know that I'm supposed to give you words of chizuk, but the emesis, the truth is that I am getting so much chizuk from the sight that I behold here tonight. I've never been to this Beit Midrash, and um, I didn't even know it existed, quite frankly, until Rabbi Yaniv called me and invited me here, and I had no idea that there was such a Makom Tare here in, in Queens. And I see on everybody's faces that uh, you're really enjoying the learning, and it's geschmack, and it's chaviv to you. And sometimes I feel like when I speak that I'm sort of interrupting something important. And I get that feeling. That's a good thing on your, on your part. Um, and, uh, but I'm going to try to just give a few words of chizuk, uh, because Rabbi Anib asked me to, and I respect him so much. This week's Shabbos is, of course, uh, Shabbos Zachar. Parsha Zachar is the parsha in which we remember Mechias Amalek to destroy Amalek. What causes Amalek to be powerful? What's the food? What's the spinach that makes Amalek so strong? So Klal Yisrael, the Rabbani Shalom, writes in his Torah. Vayavai Amalek Vayilachem im Yisrael Berefidim. Amalek comes and he does battle against Klal Yisrael Berefidim in a city called Refidim. But we know that there's no such thing as a city called Refidim. That's not the way Chazal operates. Chazal see every single word, every name, every letter. Like Rabbi Anib just said about Misifracha, the word Refidim also comes to be Merami something, comes to teach us something very important. The word Rafidim, this city, is really a reference to what Klai Yisrael did to bring upon themselves Amalek, to invite Amalek into them, to Vayave Amalek, Amalek came into them. You know how? Because they were weak in Tyra. Their hands were weakened from learning Tyra. That's what causes Amalek to feel that it has the power, and indeed it does give them the power to be strong. And so by us sitting tonight and learning Torah, this is the best way to usher in the parsha of Amalek, because it's really the only tool that we have to fight back. After Mashiach comes, after we take back Eretz Yisrael, we have a Melech, then we could do actual physical fighting and destroy Amalek in a real way, in a physical way. But until that happens, the best and only way that we have to fight against Amalek is by exactly what we're doing here tonight, or what you're doing here tonight, and that's by learning Torah. The Nazis, Yimach Shemam, were Zerah Amalek. This is brought in many Svarim, and there's actually a Gemara in Megillah that describes the way Amalek is Germam Yeshal Edaim and the Mefarshim in the back of the Volnagain and others, they explain that Germamya is really Germania and the Gemara says, which is Germany, and the Gemara says that you have to be very careful about this Germam Yeshal Edaim because if you're not careful, they'll destroy the entire world. If you take the, the, the muzzle off of their mouth, they will destroy the entire world. So Amalek today, the modern day Amalek in the last hundred years was as said by the Svarim HaKadoshim, was uh, the Germans. And it's very interesting to understand what the Nazis really wanted from us. What was their fight against? 
What did they want from the Jews? Did they ever, what, did we do something to them? Did they, why, did, why were they so angry with us? What was it that we had that they wanted? So I'll tell you a story that was witnessed and was described by a Yid by the name of Yosef Friedensen. He was a Yid, he was Nifter a few years ago, and he was uh, the editor of a Yiddish newspaper, and he wrote Das Yiddish Vart, and he was very, he was a survivor that remembered everything, and he wrote beautifully, and he would recount a lot of the stories that he experienced uh, during the Holocaust, and he was really one of the great um, documenters of what, what the atrocities were that happened to us, to Klal Yisrael, during those Yemei Hazam, those years of wrath. He said that one night, he was with his mother at home. I think he lived somewhere in Poland, if I'm not mistaken. And the Nazis came in and they were looking for his father. And his father wasn't home at the, that night. He was away. And they explained to him that, uh, you know, he's not home. You want, you can come back another night. This is like when the Nazis first started, you know, gathering up Jews in Poland. And on their way out, this is what he writes, on their way out of the house, they noticed, all of a sudden, one of the Nazis noticed these, a big set of shas, a beautiful leather-bound set of shas that his father had from his chasna, the chasen shas that he had. And the Nazi asked young Yosef Friedensen, who was probably a, a young teenager, what are those volumes? They're big, they're impressive, what is that? So innocently, he said, that's the Talmud, that's the Jewish Talmud, the, the Gemaras, the, the Shas. As soon as he said those words, the Nazi got so enraged, he started looking at this beautiful set, leather-bound, heavy Shas, and volume by volume, he took off of the shelf he ripped it apart, he stomped on it, and then the next volume, he ripped it apart and he stomped on it until all the volumes were on the floor, shredded and completely destroyed. And he couldn't understand this. He understood that he, they, the Nazis wanted to kill Jews or that they hated Jews. They were blaming Jews for all of their problems, all of their financial problems, all their social problems, all their military, whatever it was, was the Jews' fault. But what did they have against a set of sarim on the shelf? And he said that from that day on, he understood who the real enemy was. It wasn't us. They weren't after us because they didn't like the size of our nose or they didn't like the way that we did business. Their war was simply against the Torah. Amalek has a deep hatred for the Torah because the Torah represents the Chachmas Elikim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's wisdom. When we're learning a Gemara and we're learning... A chumash, pasuk chumash. We're learning Mishnah Bura. We're learning Ravad Yosef Svar, and whatever we're learning here, we're not just learning some, you know, some wisdom. We're learning God's wisdom. This is Hakadosh Baruch Hu's wisdom. This is Hakadosh Baruch Hu's moral law. This is what Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants us to think about, to worry about, to dream about, to aspire to be. And this is something that Amalek hates. Amalek, they don't. Not they just it's not like they don't tolerate it, they despise it. And so the one thing that we do have 
going into Parsha Zachar is the Torah. And the more that we learn Torah, the greater the revenge is against what the Nazis did to our, to our people. And there's a, just a story just popped into my head, so I guess I'll say it. I don't know how much more time I have, but the, there was, a, um, there was a, a Nazi hunter back in the, uh, I don't know, I guess in the 1960s, maybe later, maybe 1970s, and he was very famous for going into South American countries and hunting down the Nazis where they were hiding after the war. Many of them fled to these countries that harbored them, and, and uh, a German television uh, crew wanted to interview this Nazi hunter, and it was going to be broadcast all throughout Germany, so he agreed, this Israeli agreed, he was uh, from Israeli, and he learned every single night, like you are, in a base medrash. And he says that, I will agree to the interview, but I want to have one condition to set beforehand. I don't want you coming to my living room and interviewing me there. I want you to interview me in the Beit Medrash, that I learn in every single night, with a loud, noisy excited base medrash like this one. Imagine if, if I was interviewed here and the back of the camera, the, behind me, the people would be able to see this base medrash. So they said, why do you want to have that as a backdrop? It's loud, it's noisy, it's disruptive. He says, no. He says, I want every single German that watches this to see that as much as you try to destroy the Jewish people, but more so, as much as you try to destroy the Torah, you failed utterly because every single night Jews come to a Beit Medrash, whether they learn the whole day, whether they work the whole day, whatever they do, and they set aside time to learn, the Jewish people are still alive and the Torah is still alive, the Torah that we learn. And that's what happened. They interviewed this Nazi hunter in the base Medrash and it was broadcast throughout Germany. And it was, it was an epiphany. It was like a, a light bulb moment for many Germans. They didn't realize that not only did some Jews survive the war, but that they're actually learning Torah still. And that's not a small deal. That's a big deal. It's a big deal for HaKadosh Baruch Hu when he sees what's going on in a base Medrash like this, which is unbelievable, unbelievable. But it's the greatest revenge against Amalek. There is no greater thing that we could do every single day than learn Torah in order to get our Jewish revenge against the Nazis and against all the anti-Semites of the world. Today, we're living in times, Rahman al-Islam, that anti-Semitism became fashionable. It used to be, you know, after the, the first couple of decades after the, after the Holocaust, there was, it was basically, you know, very politically incorrect to have any anti-Semitic feelings or to, to at least espouse anti-Semitic feelings in public because you don't want to be tarnished as a, as a Nazi. Today, if you're not saying anti-Semitic things, then you're almost not cool. You're not woke. You're not part of the in crowd. It became fashionable. It's fine. Athletes are doing it, and movie stars are doing it, and politicians are doing it. It's fine. So there is still a Amalek all around us, and it's getting worse and worse. And the only thing that we could do is exactly what we're doing here tonight. So the chizik that I'm giving you is that don't stop what you're doing. And next time Rabbi Niv asked me to speak, I hope there's going to be not only double the amount of people, but 
triple the amount of people. And knowing Yaniv that it's not going to be a house, there's going to be a building up on the site. I know him, I'm sure of this. Okay, you heard it here first. There's going to be like a skyscraper on this plot, and there's going to be who knows what, like uh, everything, you know, on one floor, there's going to be Musar, and on another floor, there's going to be Gemara, and on another floor, there's going to be, I don't know, Kabbalah. There's going to be a whole empire of Tyra starting on this spot, besides for his Chazak empire. And you're all a major part of this, and it's amazing to see, it's amazing to be a part of, and I wish you continued Hatzlacha. I want to wish you a good Shabbos. And I also want to wish you a happy Purim, because Purim is, of course, the day, the day that we're able to have Aira Zutaira, Laihuda Maisa Aira. The Jews had light. What does it mean they had light? They had, they had, uh, they had uh, LCD bulbs? It means they had Taira. That was the aftermath of Megillah Sesta, because that, again, was the ultimate way to put Haman down. The way to fight Haman is through Tyra, Ayrazu Tyra. The more light of Tyra in the world, the less darkness of Amalek there is. And so on Purim itself, it's very important to learn a little Tyra as well. I don't know if the base manager is open on Purim here, but in Lander, where I'm from, and in many shuls and many yeshivot around the world, there is something called Yeshivat Mardachai HaTzadik. Do you have it here? You should do it. Okay, you got to do it. You, okay, that's my initiative here. I'm happy to give money towards it. But there's a tremendous school. I'm not joking. If a person knows the power of learning Tyra on Purim, the school that come with it are tremendous. It's not, it's, I've read article after article. If a person needs a shidduch, or they need a shidduch for a child, or they need parnasah, or they need some refuah, some, some health issues, the best way to get that is by learning Tyre on Purim, by davening on Purim, which is very, it's, it's a Yom Kippur, it's a day that you could really accomplish tremendous things, but also by making sure that Tyre is being learned on Purim. It's the day, ironically, that we should be learning all day, but it's the day that we're so busy with Shalach Manis and with this, Matanis Levyanim and Megillah and this and party, Sudas, we don't have time to learn. And that's horrible. That's exactly what Haman wanted. So to make some time on Purim Day to learn, in Lander we have like, Three, four hours, the guys, the base medishes, Kanainahara full, and there's food, and, there's, and, and they, get, they get Safra gift cards, they get gift cards to a Svarim store for learning, and people sponsor it. We have a sponsor that generously just gave a, a, lot amount, a large amount of money, to, and it's tremendous. The schoolists that you'll see, the Yeshuas that you'll see from learning is unbelievable, because this is, that's the day of Tyra. That's the main day of Tyra to go against Amalek, to fight against Haman, who is a grandson of Amalek, the greatest way to do it is, is on Purim to sit and learn whatever you're learning. You'll see tremendous Yeshua Samir Hashem. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos of Freilich and Purim and continue doing whatever you're doing.